Hello, and welcome to the Dynasty on the Lake podcast. This is your host, Jamie Battaglia, joined by my co-host, Ryan Silvestro. Uh, Ryan, how's it going? You ready to talk about uh, or get into our first off-season podcast? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, so we're in the the fantasy season is over. Um, The last episode two weeks ago, I know we were talking about the, the way our league did not come to an end yet, and many leagues, I'm sure, didn't and had the same dilemma uh, because they're in the championship game, the Bills, Bengals game getting canceled really threw a wrench into the fantasy plans. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I'm glad. I think we're all glad to see DeMar Hamlin is recovering. Uh, he's really progressing well. He's out of the hospital, back in Buffalo now. Um, so that's great to see. Um, you know, that's obviously the top priority, you know, the top concern with any of this. but um, yeah, there is a concern of fantasy as well for, for a lot of people out there. Um, you know, in our league, uh, we had an incomplete week. Joe had a couple guys on the Bengals. Oh, yes, three guys on the Bengals, Burrow, Higgins, Chase. Um, and I think Pat still had the Buffalo kicker, Tyler Bass, going in his lineup. So obviously uh, that week didn't finish. Uh, but we did come to a resolution. And um, I'll explain that in a second. But Ryan, did you think the resolution – uh, they can't yeah, I, think it was, fair. I think it was fair. I mean, okay. or maybe I should tell, maybe I should tell everyone what it is before, I guess we talk about it much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, so Pat had a significant lead. Uh, I think about 50 or 60 points week 17 when the games ended. Um, we had a couple options lined up to potentially vote on as a league. Um, because the dynasty, so the money wasn't the concern either. They were they were fine splitting the money, but they were worried about the dynasty points, the championship points. Since if you get three uh, championships in the, in the league, you take home the dynasty pot. Uh, neither one of them had a dynasty championship yet, so they were both looking for their first. Um, the first, I guess, the first process we went through, they suggested they both get a dynasty championship point. I, I put that up for a vote on the league, uh, on the league page. Uh, I wasn't surprised that it didn't fail, but it did come close. Uh, I think it was seven to five voting no. I'm assuming they both voted for it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they, they both agreed to that, you know, solution. So they were two. I voted for it. So I wonder who the other two were. I think Matt might have voted for it. Yeah, so. he did. And I think it was German Wonderkind. What a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, if, if it got this, I was the last one to vote. If it got the six yeses, I wasn't going to let it end in a tie. I was going to push it through with the yes. I mean, I was okay with it, but I didn't really think it was the right thing to do either. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I mean, maybe if one of them had one already, maybe it would bother me, but they. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that if, if one of them had one, I don't think anybody would have agreed to that outside of them, probably. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I didn't care. Yeah, but so we were going to go down the road of like a couple other options to vote on. We had a group chat with both Joe and Pat in it. We were trying to come to the solution. I, I think we got it down to three potential options, um, you know, such as just taking the scores from those players involved in week 18, uh, replaying week 18 from scratch or or not from scratch, but combining it with week 17. Um, and then, then there was another option where they each get like half of a championship point. But uh, that was all moot. They ended up coming ended up coming to an agreement where Pat would take home the first place money and Joe the second place money. And they would play week 18 from scratch for the dynasty championship. Uh, Additionally, if Pat were to win in week 18, 
he would get pick 111 in the draft and Joe would get the 112. So they basically just swapped. Yeah, how did he man- Yeah, how did he manage to squeak that deal in? That's got to get every every possible outcome. What a scammer. <laughs> oh yeah, let's switch draft picks too while we're at it cuz I'm such a nice guy for doing this. What well, a- I mean to to be so any of the options that we were going to vote on I mean Basically, those gonna, options were in Joe's favor. None of those were really going to be in Joe's favor because he was. I mean, Cincinnati was playing Baltimore, so was, Buffalo, yeah. which is a lesser matchup. So that's one thing. If we, that option went by, and then the other ones, were, he would have still been down. So yeah. I, I guess this let this let for that's why I'm that's why I'm why they swapped draft picks. Other that was than, the price Joe had to pay. I guess part of the price Joe had to pay to level the playing field for the dynasty championship. I that doesn't seem like it was really leveling it. I mean, I, I guess, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I've, I've, I haven't looked at their teams. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if I would have agreed to that either. But um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I wasn't in his spot where I was down like that. And Listen, you want any chance you can to get that dynasty championship? Yeah. Point, get that. When but, you're a scumbag, you got to go for it all. You got to really try and rake the other guy over the coals, bend him over, and just take advantage. So. Good for Pat. Yeah. So, yeah, then the results uh, did not go in Joe's favor week 18. Uh, no. Pat ended up winning 132 to 111. Uh, Joe had a chance. Yeah. It was close. Um, Joe didn't have Barkley play, obviously, with uh-huh. the Giants sitting guys in week 18, so that kind of hurt him. But he was down only about 40, 42 points, something like that, going into Sunday night football with uh, DeAndre Swift and A.J. Dillon left where Pat was done. So he had a chance going into Sunday night, but fell up a little short. Only got about half of that uh, from Swift and Dylan on that Sunday night game. But yeah, but yeah, needless to say, uh, that that was the season. That's how the season ended. Uh, Pack gets his first dynasty championship in the league, um, and he also gets pick one eleven instead of pick one twelve. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, does he want the shirt off Joe's back too? Well, humiliate him a little more. If the negotiations went on much longer than they did, he might have asked for that. Can I have your shoes too while you're at it? Yeah, because it was it was like Thursday night, I think, before we came. Yeah, it was it was a while. And you know, we had games on Saturday for week 18, so uh, barely got in a deal in the nick of time before it came to a, a vote, which I was going to have to kind of rush through the league to make sure everybody voted by Friday. But mm-hmm. made my job easier that they agreed to it on their own. So nice. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to talk about that. And uh, the main topic for today's show, though, Ryan and I are going to go through our rookie rankings from rookies for 2022 uh, and where we have them ranked now that this first season is under their belts. Um, so, you know, Ryan and I were just looking at each other's rankings a few minutes before we started here. We were, I, I think we both agreed, we we're kind of closer than we thought overall, but we do have some differences to get into. Um, but yeah, let, let's start at the top here. Uh, the top two, we have a tie for the top one, I should say. Um, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. I had Brees first, Wilson second. Ryan, you had them flipped with Wilson first, Brees Hall second. Yes. Uh, yeah, do you want to start with you know, your reasoning on Wilson first? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was close for me. I mean, I, I swapped him out a couple times as I did this. Um, ultimately, I wanted... For me, and this when when I'm drafting 
uh, rookies, unless there's a huge difference, I think, between the talent levels of Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, which I really don't think there is. I mean, I think you could argue Brees Hall might still be a little bit more talented, but uh, I wanted the wide receiver. I wanted the longevity. I wanted uh, a guy to me who looked like uh, a future stud wide receiver one, uh, you know, and that was playing with what three different quarterbacks. Uh, maybe if they get it figured out and get some consistency, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Um, and then with Bruce Brees Hall, you know, I don't like to ding players for injuries, but you know, it was week eight or week 10 where whenever he got injured, uh, you know, I, I would have liked to see more of him. I mean, he looked really good. He, I mean, he did pass the eye test, but, um, you know, had he played a full season, um, and, you know, continued to do what he did in 10 games or so, like, uh, it probably would be different, but, you know, I'm going to stick with the wide receiver. I'm going to stick with the longevity and, and hope that, uh, you know, uh, the Jets get their quarterback situation figured out over there. Yeah. It's not, not the guy. So, well, I mean, that, that, that affects both of these guys. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it similarly will help or hurt both of them, depending on what they do there. But um, no, I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, you can easily, you can make that argument for Wilson over Brees Hall and I'll listen to that all day. I mean, it's a close call, I think, but uh, I put Brees ahead of Wilson. Um, he did only play until week seven. That's when he tore his ACL. So we did unfortunately not get to see a full season of him, um, but he was the RB seven overall through week seven when he last played. Um, he did have 31 targets in six games, which was really good to see as well. Uh, you know, it shows his usage and participation in the passing game, which is always encouraging, especially if you're going to be a top, a high-end dynasty asset at the running back position. Um, but now I think he's an easy top three dynasty running back right now. Um, and that's kind of why I lean towards Hall over Wilson. I mean, I think Wilson's going to be a fantasy wide receiver one. Um, you know, ne next year, probably. So it's not like that's why it's really close. But um, give me give me Hall over Wilson if I had to pick one of them over the other, though. OK, yeah, I mean, I, I would Brees Hall would probably be my dynasty running back one right now. In general, so, yeah, I would agree. Top mm -hmm. running back. Um, yeah, uh, I think this is a position where if you had an opportunity to redo and you had the 1.01, you wouldn't mind trading it to get something for the 1.02. Obviously, it's happened already, but I think it's that close. So, oh, so you're saying you're like going back to August? Think going back, if I had 1.01 yeah. to do this now, I would trade it back for 1.02. So, I gotcha. would and get something on top. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't bother me to get either one of them. Yeah. No, I can. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that either. Uh, no, I really know. No, obviously, but you know, hindsight, but. Yep. All right. Uh, so for th uh, three, four, and five in our rookie rankings, we did have exactly the same thing. I was based on our conversations on our last couple episodes. I was a little surprised to see that, that you matched me on this, but we had Kenneth Walker three, Drake London four, Chris Olave five. Uh, I was not expecting you to have London above Olave based on our past discussions, but uh, what changed for you there? Uh, you know, he he ended the season, I think, on a on a higher note. Um, uh, you know, Chris Olave, I think, was injured the last couple of weeks or just it wasn't playing super well. Um, so maybe I'm a, a victim of, of being in the moment 
and and what have they done for me lately? But I mean, Drake London still has the, you know, the the draft capital and the not that Olave doesn't, but he's got the measurements. You know, he's a big wide receiver. Um, it looks like they prefer him over Kyle Pitts when they were using him. I'm I'm happy having him the second wide receiver off the board. I think him and Olave are very close. Um, you know, two three years down the road, if Olave is outperforming him, I would be surprised. But I don't know that that either, you know, that he's done enough to make me drop him super far, that Olave has done enough to make me boost him, you know, above Drake London. Um, so and then and then Kev, Kenneth Walker, I think we had I think we both had him at seven. Uh as pre-draft, a pre-draft, yeah. Pre-draft. And you know, he looked really good and they looked like they wanted to use him over there. So I had I was fine with putting him three. Um, like I said, London and Olave could could change for me a year down the road if if Atlanta still doesn't look like they kind of have it all together. But yeah, yeah, that's but that's a fair point. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess going back to Walker to start with him at three. Like, yeah, I mean, he was the leading rookie rusher, one uh, over a thousand yards, I think a thousand fifty, and nine touchdowns. Um, he was RB eighteen overall, but finished that or. From week five on, he was the RB8, and that's when Rashad Penny went down and he took over. Yeah. He got the chance to start, basically. Um, probably would have happened at some point, regardless of Penny getting hurt, but happened earlier that way. Um, that obviously helped his his value go up. Um, you know, a lot of people probably had him, you know, mid, like mid-first for the draft last year, but he's, I mean, if you don't have him in the top three right now, I think that's a mistake for this rookie class. Um I mean, I think he's a top five dynasty running back. Would you agree? I'm locked out for Walker. I started my dynasty ADP and I don't, I might have him outside the top five. Bare, just barely, but I think I might have him outside the top five. Okay. I would agree he's close. I don't want to say that he is in like in my other rankings. I don't have him there, but uh, he was close. He, I mean, he's, he's, he's close for me, depending on how you feel about some of, you know, the older guys, Christian right. being Saquon Barkley, although he's not super old, but uh, yeah, I think you could make a case for him to be top five. Yeah. I mean, th- I think for me, he definitely is, but yeah, maybe you can make an argument that he's just outside of it, but regardless, yeah, I think he should be third in this class. I think we both have that right. Yeah. Um, yeah L- so London versus Olave, four to four versus five. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, you know, you, you always like to, you know, say, oh, this this receiver is an alpha. And I think that's what London has the upside to be. I don't know that Olave is ever going to be an alpha in the league. I think he's, I mean, I think he's a fine fantasy wide receiver too, but I think London has a better, better up to date. What's that? Who do you think performed better? Like, Well, yeah, Olave obviously had the better rookie season. I mean, okay. they both had 72 catches. Olave had 1,042 yards. London had 866. Both had four touchdowns, so really it wasn't that far off. Obviously, uh, actually, I, I would have thought. Yards. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Lave missed some games, and London, I don't think missed a game, did he? Yeah, you, you might be right on that. Actually, well, so I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of it. But um, I think Olave missed two games. Yeah, you're right. So. Yeah, well, I, I think if if if. I think you're right. I think he's the alpha and I think that's why you have him above there. And I don't like, I, I don't know that Chris Lave did enough, but I think 
if this if we look at this again next this time next year and Olave has had a better season again that I think yeah. maybe yeah things might change at that point yeah absolutely um yeah no London finished strong like you said too at the end of the season um wide receiver 19 and points per game the last six games or last six weeks of the year um, so he started to show that high on talent, especially when uh, Mariota got benched for Desmond Ritter. He seemed to do better in those, I think it was three games with Desmond Ritter at the end of the year, too. Um, obviously, their quarterback situation, we don't know what's going to happen there next year, but um, it can't be much worse than what they had this year. So, And I guess you could say the same for Olave, too, though. Um, you know, they had Jameis to start the year, and then they went to Dalton the rest of the year. Um you know, Olave had some of his bigger games with Jameis because Jameis likes to air the ball downfield uh, a lot more than Dalton does. Um, so that's why it seemed that I think that's a big reason why Olave's stat line started to plateau and kind of decline as the year went on. But if so, if you had if you were the Drake London owner and somebody offered you like Chris Olave and a late 2023 first for London, is that enough for you? Yeah, if you're giving me a first with Olave, absolutely, I'll take that. Okay, so it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a massive difference, no. Okay. Um, I, you know, I could, I mean, yeah, like you said, it could be very easily be that Olave's ahead of London and everybody's bored at this time next year. Um, yeah. But I just think London has a higher upside than Olave, so that's why I lean. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, moving on. So from spots six to 13, we all we both had the same seven guys, but in different orders. Um, so at six, uh, for combined, so we did a consensus ring. So this is based on our average. So we had Watson at six, Christian Watson at six, I should say, um, Traylon Burks, seven, and Jameson Williams, eight. Uh, I guess let's just do six through 13. So we had at nine, George Pickens, 10, John Dotson, 11, Damian Pierce, 12, Rashad White, 13, James Cook. Um, let's start with Watson. We'll go one by one here to make this a little easier to digest. Um, I had Watt, Christian Watson seven, you had him at number six. Um, I don't know, why did you have him at six over some of the other guys? What was your reasoning uh, there? I mean, at this point in the game, I wanted to see, I, I more wanted to see production. I wanted to see um, what these guys had done. Um, and at that point, I think Christian Watson had done the most. Um, and it wasn't like he did it the first five games and then was quiet the rest of the year. I mean, he was pretty much doing it consistently. I mean, he had a big three or four weeks, but I mean, he he basically did it down the stretch, um, which shows me he got a little bit more comfortable a little bit more familiarity with the offense. Um, I, you know, the quarterback situation is is maybe interesting and, and something to think about for the future. But Christian Watson showed me the most. Um, and and really with, none, with any of these guys, I didn't really go back and look at what their season and unique totals were. Maybe that would have been something beneficial to do. I was just the eyeball test and what I saw them do uh, all season long. Christian Watson kind of proved to me that that he can he can be a wide receiver one um and you know he he produced so i mean out of out of the rest of those guys we just named that you went through from six to 13 i mean i think he he kind of showed the most for me so that's why i went with no that's fair i mean 
I, I was between him and Traylon Burks for uh, number six, number seven. I, I went with Burks over Watson, but no, I, I, you can definitely make that argument with Watson. I mean, he was a wide receiver eight from week 10 on, which is a pretty significant stretch. Um, he, did, he did have that one, I think it was 40 games, where he just had, I think, nine touchdowns or eight or nine touchdowns over those four games. So that obviously helped the production a lot. Um, he does seem to have, you, you know, he has the big playability for sure, sure, but he seems like he could be a player where, you know, he's kind of boomer bust because he did have some down weeks, you know, a couple down weeks toward the end of the year. And, you know, I'm not going to count too much against him at the beginning of the year because he was kind of injured and figuring it out still. But um, that could be a concern for the future. But, you know, I don't think it's a major one or anything. But some of that I kind of contribute to, to, to Rodgers. Rodgers kind of was up and down all year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know how you uh, do. I expect his wide receivers then to be consistent if, if Rodgers isn't always consistent. I mean, he he's great. You know, beat beat, uh, you know, Minnesota in the last couple of weeks, 41 to three, you know, and then he goes and loses to the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, like Green Bay was inconsistent to me in general. I'm not going to hold that against Christian Watson, Watson, I guess. But I mean, it's a fair point. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I think he he just showed he showed out more than the rest of these guys that we're going to get into, whether that's because of guys like Jamison Williams who came back very late or Traylon Burks, who, who maybe who started to look good, then got injured, then came back. But, you know, ultimately I just had, I had to go with the guy that I think showed me the most at that point. Yeah, no, that's fair. I can't argue too much against having Watson at six there in your rankings. Um, but another, yeah, we don't know if Rogers is even going to be back there. Yeah. He could easily, it could be Jordan Love. Uh, next yeah. year for the Packers. So, yeah, something to think about. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out as the offseason progresses. But uh, so Traylon Burks, uh, he came in at as an average of seven between the two of us. I had him at six. You had him at eight. Um, yeah, you were like you were starting to say. Yeah, he, he had stretches where he started to look good. Then he got hurt. Uh, then he came back, had a couple, started to look good again. Then he was out for a couple games with a concussion. Um, so nothing really went his way as far as, you know, staying on the field this year, but he did show some glimpses, I thought, uh, of the talent he is, and I think he can ascend to those first round, you know, draft capital expectations that, uh, you know, that people have of him. Um, he, I know I was high on him pre-draft too, or, you know, going into the, the season last year. Um, so part of that is still kind of there with me, like, you know, I think, I don't think I'm wrong on him. I still think you know, he's going to be the guy I thought he can be. Um, so maybe I'm being stubborn, putting him above Watson, but I, I, I just think he's got that alpha upside. Uh, and that's why I preferred him slightly over Watson, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that, I completely understand that because that's what I did with the guy who I had in front of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I put Burks at eight, and and, and, I, and I still think he, he showed glimpses, and I think he did enough, but, you know, I had – George Pickens in front of him at seven for the basically the exact reasons that you just said for Traylon Burks is I, I think George Pickens is an alpha. I think we saw glimpses here and there. I think unfortunately, um, once Kenny Pickett came onto the scene, Kenny Pickett's a rookie and had to figure it out. And I don't know if that was conducive to George Pickens consistently putting up, you know, hundred yard games or anything like that. But I mean, we saw a couple big catches catches out of him. I think we saw the athleticism. Um, Kind of for the same reasons that you just said for Traylon Burks. I mean, George Pickens was was for me why I had him in front of Traylon. Uh, but I, again, I think 
that could be something that easily changes a year from now if mm-hmm. if uh, Traylon Burks starts to look like he should have been the wide receiver one in this entire rookie draft thing great but for me you know uh I had Burks at eight and I'm still okay with it yeah no that's right and, and Burks is another guy on a team where you know the quarterback situation is, is unclear um for next year too uh there's a lot of rumors Tannehill could be gone bringing someone else um I, mean, I don't think it's gonna be Malik Willis so the um, that that remains up in the air too so we'll see what happens for him for him yeah um I, I guess we'll go back to who we have at number eight but uh Jameson Williams at eight but you were talking about Pickens you he was at an average of nine you had him at seven I had him at 11. um yeah obviously we we've talked about this uh, quite a bit, I think, on a few episodes in the past, but you're a lot higher on Pickens than I am. I, I just, I don't know, I don't think he showed me enough. Uh, you know, he made some big flashy plays, but he wasn't really consistent um, at all. He played in every game this year and only finished as the wide receiver 53 overall. Uh, I mean, there is upside where I can be wrong on this, but I, I just struggle to see him reaching that best case scenario. I think, I mean, if I didn't think he had this upside, I'd probably even have him lower, but I think there is that upside possibility where I'm wrong, which is why I have him at 11. Um, and, you know, the ability the ability to make those big plays is what does it, but he struggled to earn targets. He only had uh, 84 targets in 17 games, um, so just under five a game. Uh, I would like to see more from him to kind of warrant a higher ranking, but yeah, maybe maybe I'm a downer on him and just a hater, but <laughs> I, I, I am at eleven. I think I would be more apt to agree with you if those other receivers were balling out. Uh, if if Kenny Pickett was making Deontay Johnson look like a like a stud again, or if you know Pat Fryermuth was all of a sudden like a top three, like if anybody else was doing amazing in that offense with with the quarterback play, I might say yeah okay well why isn't like this bona fide number one wide receiver in my mind doing anything but they just didn't look like the Pittsburgh Steelers just didn't look like the Pittsburgh Steelers and they just didn't look like they had it figured out um, yeah I, mean, I agree nobody nobody balled out you know and maybe that's maybe I'm making your argument for you why you shouldn't like him because who knows what happens next year but uh yeah I mean I don't think Pickett's going anywhere at least next year I think he's still no. a guy um but I mean but maybe he gets it figured out. Maybe, maybe, maybe. he's a guy. I am not really sold that Kenny Pickett is the quarterback over there, to be quite honest, which probably hurts. He's going to get at least next year, but. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, maybe Tom Brady will go over to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, uh, that's one place I haven't heard him really to go, but. <laughs> <laughs> he can learn on the bench. Um, um, but no, I, I feel like tar- targets are big. And, uh, not, they're not the biggest thing necessarily, but it is an indicator of things. And I think they're earned, not not given. I mean, they're not given out of opportunity. You have to earn your targets. Only 84 targets for him. I mean, Deontay Johnson, the other starting receiver there, had almost twice as many in 147. Yeah, but did Deontay Johnson deserve those targets and earn them, or was he just... He earns them because he gets targets on game alone at this point, because Deontay Johnson doesn't look... I, I think he... Well, here, here's the thing. I think he earn, he gets open, he earns those targets, but Pickett's not so great, so <laughs> the, you know, he doesn't capitalize that much on him, but that, that might be fair. I, I don't watch enough tape on Deontay Johnson, know how often he's getting open. 
Well, that that's always been his thing. He's not he's not like yeah, you know, a big size guy. He's a good route runner. Ability to get open. He's had drops issues in the past too, but yeah, he can get open and pick it. He'll throw it over his head. Yeah, or, I mean that's, that happened a, a lot this past year. I think or, that or a bounce pass, you know. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's go back to number eight then. Um, Jameson Williams. I had him at eight overall. You had him at nine overall. Yeah, um, I, I, close I, I like him. Yeah, if he would have been uh, right behind Traylon Burks for me, but he, I think he could be the most talented wide receiver. It's hard to know. Um, I know he played a couple weeks, and I, I think he did. He have one big touchdown or something like that. Yeah, uh, I think in his like second game, maybe. I mean, it's tough to know with Jamison Williams, uh, which is why I have him probably ranked middle to late of the first round like that um yeah he's a tough one to rank yeah without seeing much from him and i mean the whole lions offense looked really good uh it looks like arsb isn't going anywhere like he is a bona fide wide receiver one there playing in the slot um whether that changes with a different quarterback down the road we'll see but jared goff loves him so uh i don't know how I, i i had him at nine um and and we'll see he didn't do anything to make me you know, drop him uh, in a major way, but yeah, some I other guy more to show something. So he'd... yeah, I agree. You can't really drop him based on you know his limited usage. Detroit really babied him back in this year when he came back for the last yeah. five or six games. So you know, he, he did make a couple of big plays. He had another one, I think, it was last on week eighteen, but there was like a hold or something, so I got called back. Um, but you know, I think he's showed in a couple of glimpses he can make those big plays and obviously show off his speed. Um, he should be full go for next season. So we'll really get a better idea how appropriate this ranking was pretty soon in the next year, I think. But yeah, I, I think he's probably still the number two receiver in Detroit, uh, at least, you know, next year. Cause next year really is going to be like his rookie year. I feel like. Yeah. You know, he played only a handful of snaps this year. So uh, but no, I, I think you have to keep them, you know, towards the bottom half of the first round in, of rankings here. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to number 10, we both had Jahan Dotson at number 10. Um, I know he was one of my guys coming into the season. Um, I don't know that you were really that big on him, but uh, nonetheless, he ended the season pretty, pretty strong after missing a few games. So um, you want to go first on Dotson? Yeah, I mean, I think this was another example of me just looking at production, I think, at this point over some of the other guys that I had him ranked over. Um, and, and he did show flashes of actually looking really, really good. I mean, struggled with some injuries. I mean, I think he started off real hot touchdown-wise in the first couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, slowed down a little bit from there. But I think he's getting the targets. He's getting the looks. He's 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 doing stuff with the targets when he's out there. Um, I think maybe if he had been healthier um uh what whatever for a few weeks maybe he could be a little higher um i don't know what's going to happen with terry mclaurin is he in a long-term contract did he end up signing something during yeah, the season he's got okay. a three-year three year extension i think before last season so i don't know if that'll i think that could potentially help even help dotson because i don't know that dotson's like a true to wide receiver one yeah but, so. I, don't, I don't think he is either I'm comfortable with him at, at 10. I think he's a nice safe pick at 10. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at that point in the late later first round of rookie draft, you're go, you're you're happy with a, a safe pick there. So yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, he, he finished the season strong, which was nice to see. And obviously, he started strong, but a lot of that you can kind of contribute to touchdowns. Um, I, I think he has the upside to be, you know, a solid wide receiver too in fantasy. I don't think he's ever going to be a wide receiver one, um, which is why he's at, you know, 10 and below some of these other guys that do have that upside. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think, I think he could be a safe, uh, a safe guy in your, uh, to have a, as a wide receiver on your team, not, not the biggest upside, but probably a higher floor than some other guys too. Yeah. That's, those are my thoughts. All right, uh, number 11 uh, is, is Damian Pierce. He came in at nine for me and 12 for you. Um, I'll start here on Pierce. So obviously he got her week 14, went on IR, season ended a little early, uh, but he did. He was on track to lead all rookies in rushing, um, or he was leading all rookies in rushing at the point he got hurt, finished with 939 yards, um, only four touchdowns. Uh, obviously Houston's offense being a big reason for that, but. Um, added 30 catches for 160 yards as well. So he did have some passing game involvement too. Um, I, I think it's possible Houston adds another running back to compete with him for next year. But I, I don't think it's going to be any significant investment, but it could be something to limit his carries a little bit because he did start to wear down, I feel like, his last couple of games before he got hurt. Um, and that showed in the production. Um, but that's why I have him here. Um, I'd have him higher if, you know, if I if we knew, if it was more solid that you know they're more invested in him and you know they're not going to bring in somebody else. But um, yeah, so I had him at nine, but I can see opinions varying on Damian Pierce. So uh, let me know your thoughts on on why you had him at twelve. I just really don't like Damian Pierce. It's I can't like knock him because, like you said, he he did he did to some extent produce. I'm not sold that he's got like a a death grip on that starting job, depending on what happens in the off season. Uh, he, like you said, he was on pace to have the most rushing yards out of the rookies, but there were some leaks. And like, I'm just thinking of being a Damian Pierce owner in some of the leagues that we were in and where he would have like 30 rushing yards. He'd have a week of 112 rushing yards, 150 rushing yards. And then he put up like 30 or like 40 rushing yards. I mean, you can double check me on those stats, but I'm almost positive that, mm-hmm. and I think I expected more potentially from, from him catching the ball, 30 catches mm-hmm. is bad. Uh, but, and, and then the offense, I think is, is a little concerning. Um, you know, like you said, only four total touchdowns. I think that offense is, is pretty bad. I don't know that it's suddenly getting fixed next year or, or, or the year after that. Um, and I guess, I want to be, there was a, I had, I had, I had him there because I felt excited about some other players that I potentially had ranked higher than him. Um, I think I just, there was just more excitement for me and some of these other players um, than what, like, he's almost like you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. And he's probably a solid low end running back too. And that's what he, I don't know. I don't know that he's, you know, there's some other running backs I can think of right now that, you know, I have ranked higher or around him. I'm looking at one that I'm surprised I ranked him behind him, but I think that's just because I, I felt like I had to, but yeah, I think 
with Damian Pierce, I don't know how many running back one uh, weeks you're going to get from him. He just seems like without that offense vastly improving and uh, he's kind of the same way you you're, you talk about boomer bust wide receivers. He's kind of a boomer bust running back. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. He doesn't have the biggest upside, which is why he's a little lower in the rankings for both of us, but um, he was solid. I think he can contribute. If he, you know, maintains the lead running back role there, I think he'll be his ability to be a like a mid to lower running back too. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely use for that, but thinking long, I mean, I don't like to think too long-term in Dynasty. I don't, you know, I try not to think more than like two to three years out because sure. you never know what, what's really going to change beyond that. But, I mean, I'd probably be surprised to see him starting in the league, you know, three years from now. So, yeah, I think I that, there's a lot of longevity with him either. So, I, I get that. Yeah, there's a couple running backs I'd rather have than him out of that we will have yet to talk about that I would, that maybe, and even if I rank them behind him, I think that's just because, you know, maybe the production he had compared to these other running backs. I just don't, I'm just not excited about Damian Pierce. And like I said, maybe he ends up becoming a, a solid. It's Damien Pierce almost kind of makes me think David Montgomery, except maybe not as good. Like David Montgomery has put up some seasons of like mm-hmm. solid that. I don't know. Somebody you don't get excited about. You're not like, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's value to those types of players because uh, you know, they get their use and they produce, they produce some, but yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair comparison. So yeah, I mean, I had him ranked a little lower than you. I understand why you I, – I, I felt like maybe I should have put him in the top 10 because of, of all the things you said, but I don't know. I want to be excited about a player, and I'm just not excited about him. Yeah, I, I, had, him in, I, I had him above a couple other guys because I think he has the potential to be, for at least a couple of years, oh, he was putting up more. The, the, main, the top running back for them. And, you know, their offense should – it can't be worse. I mean, they have the number, the number two pick – in the draft and number 12 pick. I mean, you have to think they're going to do something to help the offense out. They're probably going to get Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud. So um, yeah, things should get better. So we'll see how it bans out though. All right, moving on. Uh, number 12 in our consensus rankings, Rashad White. I had him at 12. You had him at 11. Uh, pretty close there. Um, I know you have Rashad White in our home league team, so I'll let you start. On your thoughts there? I mean, I wanted to rank him higher, but he, he, I don't know that he showed as much as I would have liked to see from him when he had the opportunities to rank him higher. Mm-hmm. He, I would st- probably still prefer him over Damian Pierce. Um, although he's sorry about the dog there. He's losing his mind. He sees a dog outside, but uh, he's a, uh, he's a guy that, that, still has some uh, kind of unforeseen circumstance coming his way with everything that's going on with, with um, the offense, but I don't expect, I don't know about you. I don't really expect Leonard Fournette to be over there next year. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I know they can cut him to save some money next year. Maybe, maybe it makes more sense. They keep him there next year. Leonard Fournette did not look good. Not, and definitely not in the play. Like he just, I think Rashad White's got to be the guy over there and I don't see them necessarily investing too high kind of similar to Damian Pearson and other running backs. So I don't know. He, I mean, he's somebody who I think could fall into, uh, you know, lead running back duties and, and, you know, potentially get 85% of the, the carries and the work and, or more. And just by 
I think he's good enough to make something with that opportunity that he, instead of being like what I think Damian Pierce is a low end running back too. I think, you know, maybe, maybe Rashad White's a mid to high running back too with, with running back upside, running back one upside some weeks. So that's why, that's why I had him, him there. I did rank him behind. Uh, well, I ranked him right in front you of had what, Yeah, you had so eleven. That, yeah, so that makes sense for me because I would I would take him over Damian Pierce. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Rashad White did not show enough, at least from what I was expecting. He did show some flashes, but I mean, overall, he averaged less than four yards a carry. Um, mo- a lot of his value came from Tom Brady dump offs, fifty catches, but only two hundred ninety yards receiving. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Brady's gone. I, I think I could easily see them moving on from Fournette, but I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near the same, you know, receiving volume he was getting with another quarterback necessarily because Tom Brady loved checking the ball down. I mean, that's where both his value and Fournette's value this year, both came from the receiving game with all the catches they were getting. Um, yeah. So I think he'll make up I'm a little concerned. Receiving with, with, with some rushing increase, mm-hmm. increase in rushing. I mean, they, they didn't have a strong run game regardless over there. And, and yeah. maybe, a lot of that you can put on the line too, probably. Yeah, they didn't have the best that line this year. They had injuries. With some of that. Um, I, like you said, I would have liked to see more, but I just think there's mm. – I like to plan for the future as well or or not look too far into the future. But I, I think uh, I also like to think about if, if, if he's still going to be over there two years from now. And I just, I don't know. I just think there's a better shot than White's over there versus Pierce, but he didn't do a whole lot. So, I mean, I wanted to rank him higher, but I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. There's a lot of things that are going to, are going to change over. Yeah. Yeah. His lack of production is the reason I had him lower than Pierce by a couple spots, but I don't know. I, honestly, if, if they trade for net, and Rashad White's value goes up at that point. Honestly, I think that'd be a perfect time to sell him because I don't know that he's ever going to be as good as some people think he might be. That, I mean, that could be that could be a possibility. I, I I wonder what his value is if they trade Fournette and they don't draft a running back, or they don't draft a running back until the fifth or sixth round. Right. Yeah. What, what his hype is going to be at that point? Mm. Yeah, that's a fair question. I, I would think the hype is definitely going to go up, but. Um, Probably warranted a little bit, but I think it'll go up higher than it probably should. Fair. Yeah. Um, moving on to 13, we both had James Cook at 13 overall in our rankings. He's another guy that you have on your roster, so I'll let you start with him as well. Uh, I liked what I saw from him for the last, what, five, six weeks when they actually started to use him. Um, I think he, I mean, he's he's younger and more dynamic than Devin Singletary. I don't think anybody's arguing there. Uh, Neam Hines or whoever, when they everybody was panicking about him going over there, it looks like he's just a return guy. I don't think he's really been used much mm-hmm. at all in in, in the uh, rushing or receiving game. Um, there, James Cook is out of out of every guy that we've just talked about, or even the last couple guys I just talked on, on my team, rookie wise, because I have a couple of these guys. James Cook is probably the guy I'm most excited for. I think there's maybe he ends up just being a hop back. Maybe he's just a guy who's used for on third downs for receiving, but he looked really good running the ball too. I mean, even down the stretch, I mean, he looked much better. I mean, I think he, what do you have like a four and a half yards per carry? I mean, uh, looked, yeah. So he had five yards a carry yeah, over five. 
Yeah, I mean, he looks pretty good. He's on a really good offense over there. Um, again, I think he's he's they drafted him in the second round. I think maybe they're trying to start to finally realize what they have, and and maybe they want to use him. I'd hope they start. And I don't. Devin Singletary is not the running back over there. And unless they're going to use another high pick on a running back or take somebody a big name in the offseason, I, I don't know. I'd expect him to kind of, uh, kind of start to come on. Uh, in that offense next year. So again, with what, again, I'm going off of what, what, what some of these guys have shown and, and I don't, he didn't get a lot of usage until what the final four to six weeks. So I'll, I have him at 13, but I think, I think I'd expect yeah. him to fire some of these guys. Yeah. So here's his, I mean, here's his usage. It's very sporadic. Like uh, the last two games of the regular season, yeah, nine rushes and two receptions, then 11 and one. But the two weeks before that, five rushes, two receptions, four rushes, one reception. And then the week before that, 14 rushes, six receptions. So it's been very up. It was very up and down, but most of the ups were, you know, the back half of the season. And it did show some juice for sure. Um, I remember the game against the Browns, he had 11 for 86. Uh, he had 11 for 99 against the Bears week 16. Um, so he definitely showed some juice when given the opportunity. So he has that going for him, but just scored in a playoff game. Yeah, he had a touchdown in the playoff game. I, I don't know that he's ever going to be more or get. Let me put it this way: he's never going to have more of the role that Devin Singletary had this year. I, I I don't think Buffalo likes just leaning on one running back. They like getting. They've always had multiple guys involved, even before this year. You know, they were playing around with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. So, yeah. I, I, so I think he could be like, you know, 60, 65%, you know, lead guy in somewhat of a running back committee. And that's still pretty valuable as like an RB2. But um, I don't know that his upside goes beyond that, which is why I have him where I have him in my rankings. But I guess we haven't had the same rankings. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think he, he, I'll be honest, he, he had, he was a better rusher than I thought he was going to be. I thought he's gonna make his living catching the ball, but I agree. I thought so too. But um, um, but then again, I you know I was concerned that Buffalo doesn't throw to the running backs enough. That was kind of justified. I mean, he only caught twenty one balls over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, how many balls did Devin Singletary catch? Um, maybe a few more. I, I'd have to check here, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I, if he could, I'm not if he could make his. I mean, if he gets 10 rushes a game and he's averaging five yards per carry mm. and he gets four or five catches, I mean, I think there's uh, definitely in PPR leagues, I think there's mm-hmm. mid running back too. Uh, yeah, possibly. I think that's where he would land, you know. Um, I'm happy, I'm happy um, Singletary had 38 receptions. Okay, so, so not much more. Receptions potentially if Singletary isn't over there and they. I, I, I'm envisioning, I don't know. I feel like they leaned on Devin Singletary because he was a veteran uh, versus James Cook coming on, which makes sense, but I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for him. I'm a lot more excited for him probably than I'm like Rashad White or Damian Pierce or I don't know. I think he just, he has the ability to. You think he could be somebody that ascends up this list at this time next year? Yeah, I think more so than the other guys, but you just have lower based on outcome or yeah. I don't know. He ended the season, he he's looked pretty good. Maybe he does some a little bit more in the playoffs to 
to warrant, uh, you know, when the season's over, the team taking a look at what they – I find it hard to believe that Buffalo picked him with that high of a pick and they're just going to say, okay, we're just going to use him in a committee and he'll get 55 and the guy will get 45. I would think eventually it might be something like 60, 40, 70, 30, which I think for him – I think I think 60, 40 is like beneficial case scenario probably. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I had him at 13, so. All right, now let's move on to the next running back uh, that we have at number 14 overall. We have Isaiah Pacheco. I had him at 14. You had him at 15. Um, yeah, so with Pacheco, it's kind of in a similar situation as Damian Pierce, except less talent, better offense, if that makes sense. Um, you know, he, he finished strong with 170 rushes, 830 yards, had five touchdowns. Um, he was RB12 from week 11 on, too. So he did have a good uh, finish to the year. Um, he doesn't really get much work in the receiving game, only 13. Doesn't catch the ball. Yeah. yeah. 13 catches all year. So that's not great. Um, they did seem to lean on McKinnon more than him, too, especially, you know, games that were close or in crunch time or whatnot. Um, but you know, Clyde Edwards Lair, obviously he might be, he might be gone after this year. They might, they might try to get rid of him. I don't think he has much value. Um, I know he was hurt the second half of the year too, Yeah, but, um, I don't know if McKinnon, I think McKinnon might be a free agent. I don't know if they might try to bring him back. I don't know, but I think there's going to be another running back brought to that offense for next year. I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's going to be somebody, you know, a high-end running back because they've shown the ability to win with, you know, these types of running backs the past few years. So that's why I'm at 14. I don't think there's a path for much outside beyond what he's done this year, but what are your thoughts on Pacheco? Yeah. I mean, I I think I had another running back ranked higher than Pacheco, but for probably the reasons you said, Uh, I mean, he looked good when he, I mean, he had some, he had some, some games. I'm not sold that he's going to be their answer over there. Um, I would imagine they're going to bring somebody else in uh, to compete with him. I mean, it, it, Jarek McKinnon kind of stole the show the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, uh, and even in the playoffs. So, uh, I have him ranked there because of, I guess, the couple the couple bigger games that he had. I mean, he looked pretty good as a rusher. Um, but he's not going to get any catch. He's he's not going to get any catches. He's not going to be a three down running back. He doesn't have the direct capital to make me confident that they're suddenly like, oh yeah, let's heavily invest in this guy. Right. Uh, so yeah, I had him at fifteen, but I get why he's at fourteen too. He, he was close for me. Yeah, I mean we're right there. So the next guy you had at fourteen actually, and uh, Brian Robinson was fifteen in our rankings. You had him at fourteen. I had him at seventeen. Um, I'll let you start on, on Robinson. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Brian Robinson uh, just had a little bit more upside in my eyes um, uh, with than what Pacheco had. Um, he looked – I mean, he, he, he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. Um, I guess he probably primarily caught the ball more. I, I don't know what the rushing split was over there with Antonio Gibson. Gibson was more the receiver. I mean, Brian Robinson only caught nine pass, nine balls all year. 
Okay, so what I liked Brian Robinson a little bit when I would watch him play every now and then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're close for me. I don't think they're like – I don't know that Antonio Gibson's the guy. I know Antonio Gibson did better than most people thought he was going to do over there. Um, Brian Robinson's younger. We'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, I have more excitement for Brian Robinson than I do Pacheco, but I'm not like overly excited about either one of them. That's why they're there. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> – yeah. I don't no, know. I mean, the coaches seem to really like Brian Robinson. They gave him the ball a lot. He had 205 rushes after missing the first four weeks after he got shot, um, made that quick recovery. Um, but yeah, only 797 yards on those 205 rushes. Um, he seems kind of like a plotter type of running back to me, just somebody who's going to run through the tackles, you know, get, get your three to four yards and go down, not really do too much. I don't know that there's a ton of upside there, but I mean, it's a similar role, I guess, that Pacheco plays in Kansas City, but just on a lesser offense. Sure. Um, which is the reason I had Pacheco ahead of him. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see a path for too much of an upside. Um, he doesn't seem to be much involved in the receiving game. Um, I think Dave Gibson under contract for one more year. I don't know if McKissick is still under contract. I know he got hurt early-ish in the air so um, once he went down I think that helped both Gibson and Brian Robinson uh, you know going from a three-man committee to a two-man committee but um, but yeah I mean he should be the you know the between the tackles guy and probably the goal line running back for the next couple of years at least in Washington yeah okay uh, number 16 on our rankings Greg Dalsage. you had him at 16 I had him at 18 I was surprised I had him ranked higher than you. I was too, because I know I liked Dalsich, but uh, I, I had a couple Dalsich. other guys ahead of him yet. Yeah, I mean, I liked what I saw from him this year. Um, tight ends are, as we have saw this year, are difficult to find. Um, I think Dalsich does have some upside. Now maybe Russell Wilson is limiting that upside. Um, then, and maybe uh, that could be an issue, but... Mm-hmm. I liked what I saw from Dulcich. I think he, he got injured. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, well, he missed the first four games, I think. Then he got hurt. Then he missed like the last two or three of the season. Yeah. Um, he looked good catching the ball. I mean, he looked like a, a big athletic tight end who could catch the ball. Um, and I mean, I think he's, correct me if I'm wrong, he's the first tight end off our board then. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So. I had him, yeah, we both had him as our first tight end in our own rankings, too. So, yeah, um, he, he, came, he started off hot when he came back, I think week five or six, whatever it was, his first game of the year. Um, he had a good stretch to start the first two or three games, then went quiet for a little bit, then had a couple other good games added in, but uh, finished with uh, 33 catches, 411 yards, on 55 targets. Uh, he, showed, he showed the upside as a rookie, and not too many tight ends, you know, do that well as a rookie. So that, that was promising to see from him. Um, one thing kind of going against him, I think when Denver's at full strength offensively, there might be a target competition issue to worry about with him. I mean, with Sutton and Judy and KJ Hamler missed a lot of the year. Uh, Javante Williams, who was involved in the passing game last year before he got hurt this year. Um, so I, I don't know where he'll fall on the totem pole as far as, you know, getting targets, but um, I do like the upside that he brings at the tight end position. And, you know, I think he could, 
I don't know if I rank him as a top 12 right at tight end right now, but he's probably right on that cusp. I think he showed that he's the best tight end of his class. Mm-hmm. At least he has him right now. I mean, Trey McBride kind of looked oh, good towards the end there, but. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could definitely make that argument. Um, you know, I think we both, well, you didn't have the one tight end I had in that same grouping, but I had I had Dulcich, McBride, and Oconquo all ranked 18 to 20 in that order. So we'll, we'll get to them in a minute here once we get to them on the consensus rank. But um, let's move on to the next guy who I had at 15 and you had down at 22. And that would be Tyler Algier, who falls at number 17 in our consensus rankings. Um, so I had him a lot higher than you, seven spots. I think that was the biggest difference we had um, of all the players we ranked today. But um, I, I mentioned this to you before our show. Uh, he, did you know that uh, Tyler Algier had 1,000 rushing yards this year? Uh, I feel like a lot of people probably don't realize that, but it, it was a quiet 1,000-yard season for him. Um, he finished as RB30. Um, yeah, just over 1,000 yards, 1,035 yards on 210 carries. Uh, only added 16 receptions for 139 yards in the passing game. Uh, but he did finish the season really strong. Uh, he was RB5 the last four weeks of the year. I think he earned the starting role in Atlanta next year at the running back position. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Cordero Patterson is going to stick around or not, but I, I don't think, you know, I think he's going to be a secondary running back if they do keep him around or more so maybe for some gadget plays as a returner or something. But um, Atlanta was, has a lot of holes to fill, so I don't think they're going to necessarily go out of their way to address the running back position with the season that Tyler Algier just had. I think he's earned that job there for at least next year yeah i mean i didn't have him anywhere near as high as you had him um i didn't know he had a thousand rushing yards it definitely didn't seem like he had a thousand rushing yards um yeah i think uh, i think what was he drafted fourth round for some reason i have in my head that he was drafted in the fifth round i i my concern is he's not over there very long um with atlanta he was a fifth round pick okay That's what I thought. So, I mean, Mike, maybe he's shown enough and and maybe like you said, they have a ton of holes to fill. They don't do anything to address the running back position and it's his by default next year and he can run away with it and, uh, you know, never look back. And he, and he does some, uh, you know, undrafted free agent shit and, you know, he becomes a guy like, uh, uh, Eckler was undrafted, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he has anywhere near that upside because he doesn't get used much. In the yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm being facetious. <laughs> I'm like, but my concern is that he doesn't run away with the job. And yeah, I mean, a thousand yard, he had a thousand yards rushing. He should probably be a lot higher than we than than I have him for sure, and maybe even than you have him with the thousand yard rushing season on that kind of on that team over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe I'll be moving him up in my rankings as the as the the weeks go on. Um, mm-hmm. with that information, but with that, honestly, I'm surprised you don't have him higher than some of these guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's a concern. Like he, you know, we don't know for sure that they're not going to add another running back. I think I don't think they necessarily should, but um, yeah. you know, it's hard to say. You, you can't count on rational, you know, roster building or coaching decisions or whatever, but. Um, I don't know. That, that's just my thought. I think it's, I think like mid second for him is about what he's worth at this point, but um, you know, he doesn't have huge upside. I think best case scenario, he's, a you know, an RB two for a couple of years for you. 
you sell him for a mid second? I mean, mid twenty twenty three seconds. I would. Yeah, I, I I need to get more up to speed on the twenty twenty three class, but that's possible. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I probably have him ranked too low. I didn't know that he had. That's the quietest thousand yards I've ever seen out of somebody. <laughs> Very rarely ever mentioned in anything I ever read. Yeah, I mean, he was only 15 yards uh, shy of Kenneth Walker's total. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was he was not a guy I thought too much about. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I guess my ranking reflects that. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens in the offseason, but obviously that can change a lot if they add somebody else. But he's a guy who I'd probably look to cash out on. Like, That's fair. Like if, you get, if I got like a an early second, I would definitely cash out probably. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm not not a believer. The the fifth on draft capital makes me nervous. Maybe mm. I would want to see a little more consider. I might just cash out, but yeah, he definitely thousand yards. Yeah, run, yeah. I think it provides a value, but like he's you know a valuable guy to have it like on your flex radar. Probably, huh. maybe maybe you're not completely sold if he's your RB two on your team, but. <clears throat> But yeah, that depth side isn't really there, but he's a safe guy, probably. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the next guy coming in at 18 in our consensus rankings, Wandale Robinson. A little bit of a difference here for us. I had him at 16, and you had him down at 21. Um, yeah, he's I another mean, guy we didn't really get to see much from this year either. Only a few yeah, games. Yeah, that's my biggest problem. I mean, what did, what did he play? Like two games? I mean, and he looked good in the one game he played. I remember he. Mm-hmm. He really uh, kind of had his a uh, showing out, but barely saw the guy play. I don't know. I mean, maybe I knocked him down a bit too far, but I don't. I don't know. And and I guess there's no other receivers over there other than uh, what's his name? Isaiah Hodgins came on late in the year. Yeah, yeah. and maybe that, but uh, I I don't know. I had him at 21. There's other guy. There's a couple receivers and a tight end who I'd want before I, I would. Take yeah, that. I mean, you can make that argument. I, I think, I have, I have him here because I think there's upside with him. Uh, he showed some juice. And I, he played five full games this year, week six through eleven, uh, with the buy mixed in there. He played that many games? Five games. Yeah. Oh, I thought I literally don't really remember. Him. I thought like he played two games. Yeah, he fit 23 catches, 227 yards over those five games. Um, you know, the, the bottom line isn't the, the best, but he showed some juice over those few games. Uh, he is undersized, so maybe injury concern. I should be factoring that in more. Maybe I should have him a couple spots lower because of that. I don't know. Because uh, he, he, he is only like 5'8", I think. But yeah, um, And he will be coming off of an, an ACL, torn ACL too. So, um should be, I mean, based on when that happened, he should be ready to go for week one next year. But you never know, um, as we saw this year with a couple guys uh, that struggled to come back from the ACL injury right away. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I could be off base on here. I think I might have been a little aggressive in the ranking, but I do like his upside potential. That's fair. Okay. Uh, the next guy we have who was actually tied with uh, Wandale Robinson in our consensus ranking for 18th is Trey McBride, who you had at 18 and I had at 19. Uh, yeah, I I don't know how to feel about Trey McBride. He he looked good the last the last couple weeks of the season. I think he had he had one big game I can think of off the top of my head. Um, you know, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Will, 
is that week 17? Yeah. To trade Trey McBride will be, or uh, DeAndre Hopkins will be another year older. Kyler Murray uh, can definitely make that offense go. Um, there should be some targets for him. Uh, although I guess they still, I mean, I guess you over Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore over there. So like, and then even with what, if Hopkins gets another year older and maybe loses a little bit, but I don't know. Trey McBride was supposedly the best tight end in this class. I don't know that he got enough. He just didn't get enough run for me to make a decision on him. Yeah. Um, you know, another year of experience in the league as a tight end. Tight ends are hard to find. Obviously, as we've seen, like it's it's not easy. If you don't have a top three tight end, I mean, or someone not named Travis Kelsey, you struggle at that position to put up points. So I'm kind of have him ranked uh, just on that basis alone. And, and I think he could be, I think he has the ability to be a top eight tight end. So, so give me Trey McBride. Yeah. I, I think that's his upside probably, you know, top eight, top 10 tight end. Um, yeah. We obviously played Ryan Ertz through the first 11 weeks until Ertz was out for the year. Yeah. Uh, showed a little bit after that. He finished with 29 catches, 265 yards. Most of that was after Ertz got hurt. Um, that was, he was tight at 19 after it's got hurt uh, of all tight ends too. Um, so no, I mean, nothing special in his rookie year, but I do think, I mean, it sounds like Arizona is going full rebuild route here. Uh, they fired their GM, fired their head coach. They're talking about trading, uh, DeAndre Hopkins already. Um, they could very easily move on from Zach Ertz as well. I think that would make sense if they're going that route. So if they do trade Ertz, That'll give him the opportunity as soon as next year to, to show what he can do. Um, and then, you know, at this point next year, we'll definitely have an idea, uh, you know, what he might be. And, you know, if he, he'll have the opportunity to move up these rankings, I think, significantly if, if he capitalizes on that opportunity next year. <coughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, moving on, number 20 in our rankings, Alec Pierce. I had him at 21. You had him down or up at 17. Yeah, you're such a Debbie Downer. I, I think I think Pierce did did enough to show what he's capable if that offense gets a clue and and if they stop trying to try this experiment with a different quarterback in the middle of the season. And if you know they stop trying to get, you know, fat old quarterbacks to just come in for one or two years and then leave. Like Alec Pierce, I know kind of beginning of the year was getting targets kind of kind of came along a little slow then in the middle of the year he was really starting to put it together and then he kind of quieted it down at the end of the year but uh, what do you have he had to have had 700 receiving yards no on the year 41 catches 593 yards oh he really quieted down because i bet you most yards came from like he did start off hot this year but he had a couple of like solid games like week three week four something like that yeah i mean i'm not gonna fault him too much i mean even guys like michael Pittman kind of underwhelmed to some extent um i think there was real high hopes for him that offense as a whole didn't look good jonathan taylor Mm -hmm. was struggling to get it going at times i'm gonna give him a little bit of uh the benefit of the doubt um you know, I'm more apt to think the the four or five games that we got of where he was having 80, 90 yards, you know, six, seven catches. I think that's more likely to be the 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 Alec Pierce that we get. Maybe I'm not so gung ho about he's going to be a wide receiver one, 
but I think you, I think he could be a solid, like low to mid wide receiver too for for his career. I mean, I think he'll actually start to. I'm surprised you don't have higher than 17 if you think that. I, I guess, but there's always the possibility he doesn't, right? Okay. There's always the possibility he completely busts, <laughs> uh, you know, and he is on a terrible offense yeah. uh, that just could not seem to get it going. So I, my, I and and who, and my other concern why he's done higher is like, they're, who are they going to bring in? They're going to bring in a 95 year old Tom Brady or, which is probably better than Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan and Carson, well, all these other garbage quarterbacks. They do they have got. the number. Th- they do have the number three pick in the draft, I think. So there's a shot they trade up with Chicago, maybe to to nab right. CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or something. But they, they, uh, I'm trying to think of who they're going to go after because they're going to go after somebody who's well past their prime. And, and I, I don't know. I think I think they're going to make a move to get in the top two to take a quarterback in the draft. I think they. I think they're done playing that game because they've learned. And I think if they took one of these elite quarterbacks, I think that would that would maybe he definitely would probably go up in my rankings. But okay. Um so yeah, I don't know. My, I don't think Pierce really has that much upside. Like I don't think he's more than a wide receiver three or four, probably in fantasy long term. I he could be a he could be a solid range wide receiver three, I think, at best. Uh and that's why I have him a little lower than you. He doesn't seem like a guy that really gets open a lot or earns a lot of targets either. Only 78 targets in 16 games. Uh, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe he's more of a – maybe he's more of a two. He showed a couple of good games where that could be possible. But I would have liked to have seen a lot more of that. And, I mean, yeah, you do give him somewhat of a pass for the offense. I, I can't fault – can't disagree with you there. Um, but – so I, that makes him hard to really – to gauge really where he should be, but I am yeah. a little lower. I'm just not as high on him. That's fair. Uh, that's that's he's gonna put it all together. The yeah. Size big freak. Just stop having 95 year olds throw him the football. Like let's put a young guy in there to throw him the football. Well, I think we're gonna have a similar discussion or difference in value on the next guy a little bit at number 21. Far apart though. Your Lord and Savior, Romeo Dubs. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to rank him higher, but uh, you had to be a realist. He had kind of, yeah, I mean, he kind of had a a weird year. I mean, kind of started off a little slow, but he's definitely looked better. Than, definitely looking way better than Christian Watson at that point. You know, then he kind of had a couple big games. He was kind of putting it all together. Aaron Rodgers was saying good things about him, uh, and then and then he got injured, and then he came back, and he didn't really like do much nothing i mean what is it four catches for 40 yards or five catches 50 yards or well, he had catches. a goose egg week 18 yeah then yeah, three for 20 three for 36 five for 55 those are his four games after coming back from injury five for 55 i mean maybe he maybe the injury is nagging maybe he's coming off back a little slow and lazard's not going to be there next year i don't know that maybe they draft a receiver high i don't know but i think they're happy with christian watson and maybe maybe that actually kind of benefits romeo dubs if he's a We've seen, you know, but then again, who knows what's happening with Aaron Rodgers? And to be quite honest, Aaron Rodgers is on my nerves. Like, he likes to bitch and cry. but then He's he a very unlikable guy. All these yeah. throws, I'm like, dude, that was bad. Like, what are you bitching about? That was a horrible throw. Nowhere near your receiver. Shut up. Like, you're old. Go away. I'm over it. So maybe, I don't know if Jordan Love is the answer over there, but, uh, I th- you know, 
I'm excited for Dubs. I still think he's a six four, uh, you know, big wide receiver who who I guess had chemistry with a guy who's not going to be there much longer. So great, but <laughs> you know, I, I I he did some things where I saw the potential. Again, you know, his upside's probably low wide receiver two, similar to Alec Pierce. I don't think he's like a stud wide receiver one. Yeah, uh, a guy you love to root for. I, I, he could easily be a wide receiver four. Uh, so that's why I don't have him. Didn't have him higher, but yeah, guy I, I like on a route four. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a lot more likely to be a wide receiver four than a low end wide receiver two. Yes. Um, yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he's he's a depth guy. I think for like a fantasy roster, no one you're ever going to really want to have to start. Um, but he could be a solid depth guy to have fill in on bye weeks or whatever but I honestly I don't know I think I agree Lazard will be gone I don't know they're, they're gonna have to add something to, to their receiver room I don't necessarily know it'll be anything you know of high investment but they're definitely gonna add something there I think he's safe as the wide receiver too on his team I'm not sold on that I'd I think be, I think, they, I think be, somebody else can be brought in to be the wide receiver too there but it would take somebody I don't know. It would take a bigger name for me to be convinced of that. But, you know, who else do they have over there? Randall Cobb? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Randall Cobb. I mean, he's if Rodgers is gone, Cobb's gone. I mean, that's the only reason they signed him back was for Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I mean, a lot can change based on free agency in the draft. But from what we know now, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not high on dubs. I like Pierce slightly more than him, but um similar outlooks, I think, for both of them. There. All right. Moving on. Uh number 22. Uh you did not rank him, but I ranked Chigo Conquo at 22. I knew you were going to. I that's he's not some this is a guy that you're probably too excited about, but go ahead. He he showed a lot of big plays for, for a tight end. Uh, over the year, um, he was very limited usage though, which may, until like the last what maybe six week, five six weeks of the year. So it is hard to get a true judgment on him, only seeing his increased usage, and even that was only, you know, fifty in the Jags five percent of the snap. What's that? Is he in the Jags? Are you kidding me? He's on the Titans. Come on, man. He's on the Titans. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of Evan Ingram for some reason. I don't, dude. Uh, this is how much I pay, attention I paid to Conquo. Get the hell out of here! Yeah, keep writing him off like you wrote off Daniel Jones. I don't know that going have that kind of. Uh... <laughs> but no, he fit. Um, he finished with 32 catches, 450 yards. Um, he, he had a few big games. Start. I think it's for yeah. He had four for 68 in week 13, and from there on out, uh, he had a pretty strong finish to the year. He was tight end seven from week 13 on. Um, so that was, that was encouraging to see him finish as strong as he did, but I think he had a stretch earlier in the year where he had like five or six straight games where he had a catch of 30 or more yards, which, you know, that that's consistently showing, you know, the big playability that he has, he's undersized for a tight end, but he's also fast for a tight end. So it's definitely more of a receiver than a blocking tight end. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Titans offense. A lot is in flux there, but. Um, I think he has the upside to potentially be a bottom end or low end tight end one. Hmm. Any additional thoughts on him? And for right. you, or you just 
No, I, I, I don't know that he has the ability to be a low tight end one. I, but then again, with the way the tight end landscape is, sure, he can be a low tight end one. You know, I'm sure there's some, sure the tight end 10 on the year or tight end 12 on the year, some random who scored I, nine points and was somehow tight end 12 on the year. I, I think he reminds me, I mean, this might be low hanging fruit because they're both on the Titans, but he kind of reminds me of what Jonu Smith was expected to be. Okay. When he was a younger tight end in the league. You're going to say Delaney Walker. No, I'm not going that far back. But no, Johnny Smith always he kind of he kind of showed that that upside, but he never came to fruition on it. But I think Oconquo might have the ability to do so. Well, we shall see that. Yep. Uh, coming in at 22, another tight end. I think it's our fourth tight end, Isaiah Likely. I had him at 25. You had him at 20. I'll let you go first on Likely. Yeah, I think Likely has. It's likely that Likely becomes much more of a of a high-ranking tight end than a Conquo. I think he, you know, he had a maybe, what, like two big games or something like that, and then he faded. But, you know, that's definitely Mark Andrews' job over there, even with how everything went. I'm not saying he's going to suddenly replace him. But they are looking for guys to catch the ball. Um, yeah. And I think he's going to get opportunities, and maybe they'll start running two, two uh, more two tight end sets. Um because I think he's definitely he's not a blocking tight end. He's he's his body type is athletic and made to go and catch the football. Um, you know what happens with Lamar Jackson and all that stuff over there, and you know we'll see how how that all turns out. But it's not like they have a plethora of pass catchers over there, and I I know they like to run the football, but they're going to have to throw and. I it, it's it's this point is it's where I'm looking at talent and as much as it pains me to say that we we kind of had it pegged wrong I think likely is is talented and and likely likely the third best talent tight end wise from this rookie draft so I mean yeah that's a fair argument I mean I I, I think the talent is pretty close to Oconquo with him and likely I think it's pretty on par but I struggle to see a path to playing time for likely behind Andrews, uh, who's, you know, lock, who's locked up long-term. Um, you say more two tight end sets, but I think they run, pl- they run plenty of those this year, but yeah, one, of them, always, is, one of them is always a blocking tight end because they like to have, uh, you know, that extra blocker a lot of the time. So I, I, I think they might need to run more three tight end sets to get likely and Andrews out there together. Well, to besides Mark Andrews and Bateman. Well, Bateman will be back next year. And I think they're going to, I think they know they need to invest in wide receiver more too. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I mean, they, they easily had the worst wide receiver room at the end of the season. And I think if you have it. talent, I think you figure out how to get the talent out there. I, 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 don't I, think I agree. I think they're going to figure out ways, but, you know, without an injury, I don't know that it's going to be significant enough volume where you're going to be able to rely on it. That's another thing. You know, if you want to draft a, a handcuff your tight end, uh, likely is the guy to get because I, I mean, honestly, yeah. Fun. Goes down likely probably has a lot of value. Yeah, he has the most value to the Mark Andrews center, absolutely. Yes, but yeah, I'm okay. I, I I'm okay with him at 20. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of the guys that I'm like grueling over to get. Yeah, so we only have a couple other guys left. We don't have to spend too much time on these guys, but uh coming in at 23, it should be or 20, no, 24, Sky Moore. I had a 23, you had a 24. Um, and a couple of guys, only one of us ranked. I had Rashid Shahid ranked at 24, and you had Jalen Warren ranked at 23. Uh, let's talk about Sky Moore first. Um, 
They shouldn't even. I mean, uh, you haven't seen a ton of him, but like, like yeah. you said, if if you earn your targets and you earn your playing time, and it just doesn't seem like he's earned any of it. So I wonder what's going on. Yeah, yeah he played uh, in sixteen games, only thirty three targets, two hundred fifty yards on twenty two catches, playing well behind Justin Watson all year. But I mean, the reason you have him here still, he's on Kansas City. Their their receiver room. It's far from solidified. Juju's a free agent again. Uh, Nicole Hardman's a free agent. They can move on from MBS's contract if they want. So, you know, they'll still bring somebody else in, but <clears throat> he should still have somewhat of an opportunity there to, to, li- to try to live up to his draft capital. Yeah, I mean, if I had him, I would be trying to hope that it goes that way so I could sell him. I'm just not – I'm not sold on Sky Moore, which is crazy to think because earlier on in the year, he's somebody I would have taken it. 1.08, 1.09, somewhere there. So, yeah, he's uh, glad uh, I didn't use my 1.04 pick on him. Thank God. Because well, I mean, yeah, like I laughed at the pick then, but I'm laughing at it even more right now. Yeah, what a absolute buzz. I, I, I'm in utter disbelief that he went at 1.04 still in our draft, rookie draft. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you could make an argument that these two guys behind him are better than him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they both produce have more path to playing time than he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Rashid Shahid, um, he finished uh, pretty strong. He didn't come really come on until halfway through the year or so, but 12 games, he had 488 yards on 28 catches, a uh, couple touchdowns, added in a few big uh, rush plays as well. Uh, he's, I think he's one of the fastest receivers probably in the league. He's a big speed guy. And he showed that, and he showed he had the ability to make big plays with the speed too. Kind of reminds me of a, not necessarily the talent, but the usage of Tyree Kill his rookie year. Uh, they kind of found ways to get him the ball in space and make some big plays. Um, you know, it's all but certain that they're going to move on from Michael Thomas in the offseason. So, um, I think Landry was only on a one-year deal too, so he could end up being the number two receiver there behind Olave next year. I think that's in the range of outcomes. And if he, if that does end up being the case, um, we should probably have him ranked even a little higher than this probably. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a solid argument. Uh, uh, the way you feel about him is kind of the way I feel about my guy, uh, Jalen Warren. Um, and that's just, uh, I think he has path to playing time, uh, especially should something happen to Najee Harris. I mean, he's been getting a little bit of work even with Najee over there. Now Najee's picked it up. Um, the last couple of weeks from what he was doing on early on in the season. But, um, uh, you know, Jalen Warren, somebody who was, was undrafted, I think has, has looked uh, good when given the opportunity, uh, you know, he can, he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. Uh, and I think maybe he's somebody who just kind of hope works his way into more playing time, or, you know, if something were to happen to Najee Harris, I think, you know, Jalen Warren could be a low end running back too at that point. So he's kind of the guy I went with right there. I think he's looked uh, good when given the opportunity, even though it hasn't been much. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did. He did have 77 carries, 379 yards, added 28 receptions. So uh, he, he definitely showed some juice. Uh, I think he's a high end handcuff and that's probably, you know, and late second is probably appropriate value. I think we yeah. talked, I think we made have made this comparison on a previous episode, but kind of similar to uh, Alexander Madison, you know, where he, where he, he was ranked like a couple of years ago as a high end end cuff. Yeah. Alvin Cook. When he um, gets starting the opportunity, he can produce as a 
high running back two, low running back one. Like Benson. right, I think if Najee, yeah, Najee Harris were to miss a game, I think Jalen Warren's an easy guy you can just automatically plug into your lineup. Uh, similar to what you do with Madison when Dalvin Cook misses games, but yeah, I will, I will say Najee Harris did finish strong. He was RB eight from week ten on. So um, earlier in the year, he, Harris was much much worse, and it looked like Warren would get even more involved, but he still mixed in a decent amount and. I don't know that he's got standalone usage to where you can plug him into your flex the way things ended the season, but um, definitely a high end handcuff at the least. Yeah. Uh, uh, if I could sell him to our Najee Harris owner for a mid 2023 second, I'd probably do it. Yeah. If you can get a mid second for him, I think that's more than fair price. I mean, you know, he, he was undrafted. So there's not like Pittsburgh had a lot of draft capital invested in him either. So Things can change quickly. They, they do seem to like him, though. I will say they that. Do. Yeah, they I agree. Seem to like him and talk about him a lot more than I would would have expected them to do. But yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so that is that everyone? Yeah, so that wraps up our top twenty. That's twenty six guys. I think we went over. Um, we don't have to talk about these guys, but a couple of guys I had for honorable mention: uh, Brock Purdy, and well, I would have had. Jalen Warren is honorable mention, but you had him in the ranking. So uh, Brock Purdy uh, and Khalil Shakir are a couple of honorable mention guys. Okay. Um, Purdy, obviously, we don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback, but I mean, if he ends up getting the job to start next year, he would obviously be ranked higher than honorable mention here. Khalil Shakir is a guy we haven't really talked much about. He hasn't really done much throughout the season, but um, he did play well in this last playoff game, in the wild, super wild card weekend. Um, but I, I think he's a guy who has a shot to be the you know number three receiver on a high end offense like Buffalo next year. So that's definitely worthy of something of some sort of value around that range. Yeah. I got an interesting stat for you. What's that? Since from week thirteen on in our league, who do you think is the wide receiver six? Week 13 on white. I mean, that's a very specific number. <laughs> I mean, he should be somebody on my team in theory, right? Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to get into the whole Judy Sutton thing again. Jerry Judy, wide receiver six from wide rec- from week 13 on. He had a strong finish of the year. Yeah. AJ Brown is the wide receiver two at that point. Guess who the wide receiver three is? I'm looking at it right Monta now, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Devonta Smith. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, had, he had a strong finish, too. Hmm. Keenan Allen, top five wide receiver, too. That's interesting. Yeah, that, I think that was right around when he came back from injury and really picked it up for Keenan Allen. But, yeah. Just interest, just, just uh, food for thought. Yeah, so uh, next episode, we'll, uh, we'll have to get into more some off-season topics and overall rankings, right? I know you've already started. Some I of struggled. Your off-season I yeah. So one of our future episodes coming up, we'll get into our off-season rankings. We'll go by position and then maybe do like a, a top 24, 36 overall as well. Um, we'll break that up over a few episodes, but um, we'll probably do a couple more things recapping the, the uh, 2022 season. Uh, we'll have to go over our riser and faller predictions uh, on the next episode to see how those panned out from preseason to now. 
and maybe uh, talk about some of the guys who we were surprised finished at the top 12 in their yeah. position this past year. But um, yeah, that'll be coming in the next episodes. Um, I, I think I mentioned that in our last one, but we're probably not going to do every single week in the off season, maybe every other, um, but we'll try to get as much content out there as we can. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for today's show, though. Uh, so thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. See you.